We're back. Stripe Show podcast on a Thursday. Hope you're having a, a great week. I see some early winter temperatures and, and weather starting to hit uh, some of the northern states. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it's going to be a light winter. You know, I like when the United States up in the north, my part of the country, the Pacific Northwest, and particularly northern Idaho, uh, where you're playing golf through Thanksgiving, you know, where you're uh, maybe even playing golf uh, in mid-December. It's happened before, but you can also have a uh, snow over your head, you know, when you walk out and it's piled up so high in your front yard. So I'm hoping for a light winter, right? Let's Let's play golf through the fall. Let's play golf much of the winter. Let's get into a nice early spring. Yeah, I'm I'm optimistic. I'm 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 taking the positive approach uh, here today. Thank you for being here. Uh, lots of stuff to cover today. It's going to be an instruction Thursday, as you know it, here on the Stripe Show podcast. Just me. Going to get into uh, some short game. You know, short game has been top of mind uh, for so many. Uh, a lot of the narrative being driven uh, through Joe Mayo, who uh, is a wonderful mind, a friend. He promised me that uh, if uh, he ever does a podcast and we get into the nuts and bolts, uh, it's going to be the Stripe Show podcast. And so I'm going to keep working on him. I'm going to be as annoying as hell. And we'll get him on here because he's an interesting man. Now, he's a deep thinker. And he's driving this narrative of, you know, the steeper attack angle, moving the low point more forward. A lot of the success that he's had with Victor Hovland, which I've talked about here on the podcast, the difference of those things, a lot of conversation with a lot of top short game teachers. And it's been interesting uh, on this uh, on this technique that uh, you see probably professionals, higher skilled players uh, having more success with it. We'll get into that. I'm going to give you some thoughts. I'm going to share some video of some other players. I, I did a video that I posted on my platforms using my hack motion wrist sensor, which I really like. And I've got uh, a winter kind of training program that I'm going to come out with, with hack motion, using this on some shots and how to use the sensor um, to kind of help educate your hands, you know, your grip type to your wrist angles and how that applies to different parts of the game. Now I did a video that I posted about a green side Good lie, 15 to 20 yards, medium trajectory with some of that spin. And uh, that's a cool shot, right? It's a high-skilled shot. And uh, I I shared basically uh, measuring my wrist angle, uh, how much radial deviation. So we're going to get into that, and I'm going to show you some examples of that with uh, some really good players, which is a component uh, that I think is kind of being maybe left behind just a little bit uh, through the discussion uh, so much of moving that low point forward and that technique that we're seeing with Victor Hovland. But before we get to all that, I want to uh, I want to start today's show uh, with my partnership with Vistar Credit Union. And this is uh, something that's called hashtag honor your hero. And I do this every year with Vistar. You can go to my website, you can click on my partners page, and you'll see Vistar Credit Union and 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 the instructions there, the link to uh, nominate your hero, your hero that could be an active military person right now, 
or could be a veteran. I'm very excited tomorrow. I'm playing in a charity event here in Southampton uh, for the Zellner Foundation, another group that I do a fair amount of stuff with. And um, they do a lot of great work for military families. And so we're going to be playing that charity event tomorrow uh, with the Zellner Foundation. I'm looking forward to that. But I want to read uh, a couple of these submissions that come through. And uh, let me tell you something. It's difficult to get through some of these. And uh, in particularly when you turn on the news right now and you see, again, the chaos that's happening in the Middle East, um, you, you start thinking about these Americans that are representing the country in these different parts of the region at our bases. And this first one, hashtag honor your hero, comes from Jennifer, um, and she nominated Jeffrey Kennedy, her husband. And she says, I'm sure everybody believes that their loved one is a hero and should be honored. However, my husband, Jeffrey, has been through so much in his life. I truly admired him and his constant positive attitude. Jeffrey helped take uh, his mom, who had cancer, to being homeless and making and making her life better. In 2018, he watched his stepsons join the Army and decided at 33 years old to enlist. It was challenging in some aspects, but he never gave up. Jeffrey was stationed at Fort Drum, where he deployed to Afghanistan in 2019. Just a few short months of arriving, Jeffrey went almost the whole deployment without injury until seriously injuring his foot running from an incoming rocket. You know, you just hear that stuff, an incoming rocket. Can you imagine sitting there um, with uh, your team and here comes a rocket? Just puts things in uh, perspective. Jeffrey, thank you for uh, your service. We uh, we greatly appreciate it. I want to read another one. This one comes from Nikki Dinkins. And Nikki, she says, I'm going to nominate myself. Over 20 years of dedication to the United States Air Force. I love my country with everything in me. It has been an honor to serve alongside all the branches. And I feel that women who serve don't get enough recognition. It's always been, oh, your husband. When in fact, women serve and still raise families too. It's an honor to have worn the uniform for so many years and continue to do so. Nikki, thank you for your service. And thank you to all the women uh, that are out there serving our country, all the men, and then all of the families, women and men, that are back here. Jacksonville's a big military uh, Navy base here, a couple of them, and um, and I know a lot of people that are in the military. So thank you to all of them. Thank you to Vice Star Credit Union, hashtag honor your hero. Please go check it out. Nominate your hero today. So many cool, so many cool prizes that they're giving out to these people that are serving. Lots of cool stuff happening there, including lessons with me. That's something that they can choose from. There's a full PXG club fitting that they can choose from. Get into the Gen 6 irons, the woods, all of that. Great stuff. And that leads me down to a quick announcement here before we get into the instruction. And that is, I have partnered up with TrueSpec. TrueSpec is, no question, the leader when it comes to premier club fitting. And it's not just PXG anymore, folks. I've got it all in here. Every vendor you can think about. 
it will now be available in the Travis Fulton Golf Studio. You can see that wall behind me there over my shoulder. There used to be a mirror. I moved it down. That will be the complete shaft display and all of the heads, every vendor from Titleist, Ping, TaylorMade, Srixon, Mira, PXG, and more available now. High in club fitting. My partnership with TrueSpec is real. And uh, they'll be building out here November 17th, and we will be hitting the ground running. Full club fitting now available in Travis Holton Golf Studio via TrueSpec starting November 23rd. How about it? How about it? Yeah, November 23rd, right? Let's see. Hold on a second. No, I said that wrong. November 20th. All right, there we go. One more time. And we're back, Stripe Show Podcast, on a Thursday, an instruction Thursday. I'm your host. I am your coach, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. Appreciate you tuning in on Tuesday, Keith Stewart. That was fun. Get back into the mindset of uh, best bets. I've got some picks in. We'll see uh, We'll see how they do uh, this week down in Mexico. A course designed by Tiger Woods. How about that? How about that? That was fun to uh, to break all things down there. Only three tournaments left on the PGA Tour, and then they'll take a little break off, uh, a little break through the holiday season, and then come back in January, and we'll kick it all off down in Hawaii, which is fun. I can remember growing up in the Pacific Northwest, northern Idaho. You've got snow like over your head, and then uh, you'd always look forward to those tournaments in Hawaii: blue skies, the ocean. And you just kind of lay on the couch and be like, oh, man, can't wait to play golf. Can't wait to play golf. You know what, though? This year in the north, you know, I know there's been like some some pretty cold weather in certain parts and some early signs of winter. I, I think it's going to be a light winter. I do. I think it's going to be a light winter for you up there. I think you're going to play golf through the fall. I mean, a little chilly. You're going to have a runny nose. I get it. But with that, I think it's going to be a light winter and that there's not going to be much snow and you're going to be playing through Thanksgiving, maybe even to Christmas. I, I can just feel that, you know, there, look, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it up where I grew up and there was some, there was some light snow, you know, snow in the mountains and all that, but yeah, you can play golf. You know, the ground might be a little frozen early, then it'd thaw out and you'd get out there and sweatshirt and a beanie and your nose is running and your hands are kind of cold and you, you hit one thin and it would hurt, but yet you're playing golf. So I, I think I'm optimistic. You know, I really, I'm optimistic 
um, this winter on what's going to happen. Now, as you play golf into the fall and into the winter, uh, I want you to continue to think about your short game. Short game has been top of discussion as of late in our industry. Uh, a friend of mine, Joe Mayo, wonderful mind, good teacher, kind of driving this narrative of of this technique of moving the head forward in the backstroke and getting that low point way up and steepening that attack angle. And so much of that driven by hitting a shot that's kind of uh, medium trajectory with some spin. And so I want to get into that a little bit. Um, you know, I, I text back and forth with Joe a little bit. He, he's been fantastic to me over the years. He promised me that when he does do a podcast, it will be the Stripe Show podcast. But I'm going to give you some things to think about with that technique versus some other um, ideas that are out there. I'm going to show you some video. And I'm also going to talk about uh, a video that I posted on my platform using my hack motion wrist sensor and talking about the wrist angles a little bit. So we'll, we'll get into that um, here momentarily. Before we get to heavy short game today on the Stripe Show podcast, I want to honor a couple heroes. Hashtag honor your heroes, part of my partnership with Visar Credit Union. Please go to my website, travisfultongolf.com. Click on my partner's page. You will see Visar, and right there is a link to nominate your hero. Your hero in the military can be active currently or a veteran. Very excited tomorrow to play in a tournament as part of the Zellner Foundation group that I do some work with and uh, put a team in to honor some local military families that the Zellner Foundation works with and does so much for. Really, really good group. Looking forward to that tomorrow at Southampton. But here is... Here is one that came across uh, as part of hashtag honor your hero, Vistar Credit Union. This comes from Jennifer. And she talks about her husband, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Kennedy. And she says, I'm sure everyone believes that their loved one is a hero and should be honored. However, my husband, Jeffrey, has been through so much in his life. I truly admire Jeffrey in his constant positive attitude. Jeffrey helped his mom, who had cancer go from being homeless and making her life much better. In 2018, he watched his stepsons join the army and decided at 33 years old to enlist. It was challenging in some aspects, but he never gave up. Jeffrey was stationed at Fort Drum, where he deployed to Afghanistan in 2019, just a few short months of arriving. Jeffrey went almost the whole deployment without injury until seriously injuring his foot running from an incoming rocket. Jeffrey, we thank you for your service. Thank you, Jennifer, for acknowledging him. I want to read a second one. This one comes from Nikki Dinkins. Nikki's going to nominate herself. Over 20 years of dedication to the United States Air Force, Nikki loves her country with everything in her. It's been an honor, she says, to serve alongside all the branches and I feel that the women who serve don't get enough recognition. It's always been, oh, your husband, when in fact women serve and still raise families too. It's an honor to have worn the uniform for so many years and continue to do so. Nikki, let me acknowledge you and say thank you to you and all of the other females that are serving in our country, men and women. Thank you that are serving and also the men and women that are back home 
those military families that may not be in Afghanistan, that may not be over in the Middle East, but are at home as part of military families raising their family right here. And I look forward to being a part of that tomorrow, the Zellner Foundation and the tournament at Southampton. Star Credit Union does so many wonderful things, and this is just one of them. Hashtag honor your hero. Please go nominate your hero. There are so many really cool things that are happening from this, including a chance to win lessons with me, including a chance to win PXG club fitting, tickets to a number of games, et cetera, et cetera. It's a wonderful initiative. And that leads me down a quick, just a quick little announcement here. As of today, I've signed a contract with a new partner, and that is TrueSpec. TrueSpec is a leader in premier club fitting. Now, up to this point, I've only had PXG in here. And you can see on my wall right there, there used to be a mirror and I had to move it down. And if I panned over, there's this big area where there's going to be a really cool cabinet that's being put in. And in that cabinet is going to be every vendor now. TrueSpec has every vendor, Titleist, TaylorMade, Ping, Srixon, Mira, Cobra, PXG, etc., etc. And they have all the shafts. I'm telling you, they are the leader in premier club fitting. And as of today, Travis Fulton Golf Studio and TrueSpec are aligned. So I am pumped. They will be doing a full install here on November 17th, and we will be live with full club fittings in the studio with TrueSpec starting November 20th. So I'm very excited about that. Quick uh, little uh, shout out to them. And uh, we appreciate everyone listening here. And maybe, you know, look, maybe you want to take a little trip to Florida. You know, maybe I'm wrong and there's a little snow up there and you're like, hey, I got to get down to Florida. I'm going to take a couple lessons with Travis, maybe have true spec, look at my driver or my irons or whatever the case may be. So I'm just just throwing that out there. All right, let's get into it. Little instruction. I just did this video, okay? Just did this video. I'm going to bring in Max Homa. There's Max Homa little green side pitch. You can see that's a good lie right there. And for those that are not watching, I'm going to I'm going to really articulate my point in what I'm watching. Now, I'm wearing my hack motion wrist sensor. I did a video around this particular technique right there. And when you watch Max, his head's just very steady. I mean, he's not moving his head excessively towards the target. He's keeping his head very centered right there over it. S- stays there. <clears throat> excuse me, and then he rotates through. The one thing I want to call out attention to is his left wrist right there. Okay, now if I was to draw a line on his left arm and the club shaft, there's not a lot of what we call radial deviation in that or wrist cock. Now, the cool thing with my hack motion is I can measure that vertical motion, right, that up and down radial to ulnar. And... That lack of radial deviation is something that you see a lot with this green side technique. Good life. That ball was sitting down in the rough. Then you're going to start seeing a little bit more radial. But for me, I, I, I would measure it with my hack motion and how much radial and it'd be about eight degrees right there. Now, the one thing that I see a lot with amateurs on this shot is I see an excessive amount of radial deviation. I see way too much radial where that shaft would get 
you know, closer to 90 degrees at that point. It's not wrong to do that. It's another way of hitting this shot. There's a time to do that. There's a time to take on a lot of radial where you're trying to get a little steep. You're trying to throw it up in the air like a lob shot, like a bunker shot. But in the stock greenside pitch that's being so thoroughly discussed right now, this is a technique that I see a lot. That's Max Homa right there. Very, very subtle radial deviation. Now we take it to here. This is Matthew Fitzpatrick. He hits these shots cross-handed. Look at that. That's a pretty passive lead wrist, isn't it? It's amazing the amount of DMs that I got from this post saying, hey, this is my measurement right there. That's not a lot, folks. Look at that left arm and shaft. Very subtle angle there. Again, eight degrees of radial as measured where I like to be with my hack motion. I also hit a shot about trying to do the same distance, and I and I doubled the amount of radial, and that shaft got closer to 90 degrees in my left arm. And I felt the need to kind of, you know, do some other things to try to hit that same shot. Now, higher-skilled players can do that. They can make those things work. But I think for a stock shot, I like this right here. I, I like this. I like teaching this to people. Kind of that wider backswing. You know, a lot of them kind of stay wide coming through. The ones that are trying to to really clip it, get some more friction, more spin, like they'll they'll cut it off a little bit more. So it'll kind of be like this this wide going back to narrow. Watch this. This is Will Zalatoris before. His back. Will kind of does go a little forward. Look at that. His head actually does go a little bit towards the target, but then he watch his head. It kind of backs up just a little bit. But when I when I look at this technique again, for those just listening here, I've got this arrow going up to his left wrist halfway back, and right there about waist high, there's not a lot of angle between the left arm and the shaft. Just not. So it's very wide going back. It's very wide. And as he comes down, the club head hits the ground. He's turning his chest through. Now look at here. You know, you look at it coming through. Not a lot of radial coming through either. One concept that I really like is when you and I, and I want I'm gonna I'm gonna really try to articulate this, okay? And I was talking to Parker McLaughlin about this technique, and this goes kind of in line with what I'm talking about here and measuring this this wrist angle through my hack motion. If you were to set up to this greenside pitch, right, and you get the grip in your fingers, the feet are together, and you're, you know, you're kind of on, you know, you're a little on top of it, and we're just going to hit this little 15-yard greenside pitch, medium trajectory. And, and, and you notice that when you set up, if you, if you were to look under your, your left hand, and you were to look at, there's a subtle angle there between the butt of the club and the left wrist, right? There'd be a subtle angle. Now, if you took your left wrist and you went into ulnar, and I can measure that with my hack motion, I go into ulnar uncocking my wrist, pushing my thumb down, you would feel the shaft then get in line with your left arm. Like the butt of the club would be up against the bottom of your left wrist, right? So it'd be a straight line. And that ulnar kind of zeroes out that wrist angle or that angle, potential angle between the butt of the club and your left forearm. So, we can set up like that in putting. We can set up like that in a greenside chip where it's a low bump and run. But 
you know, when we want to get a little more trajectory, we've got to put a little bit of radial in there, right? There's got to be some angle there between the butt of the club and the bottom of your wrist. Now, if you imagine that I came in and I just took a star from it, I just kind of wedged it in there, right? And I just kept that constant. And you took it back and you didn't increase that radial. You just kept that constant. And then you turned through and you just kept that constant and that angle as identified between the butt of the club underneath and your left forearm. Okay. The golf machine called that the left forearm wedge, which was, I always liked that. And, and to me, that left forearm wedge and that angle um, was very helpful in, in the world of, of precision, in particularly in the short game shot, in this greenside pitch shot. And that's what you're seeing, I think, here with a lot of these techniques. Again, Here's Max Homa. Like th that angle there underneath there is just kind of staying constant. That's what you're seeing here with, with, with Will Zalatoris, right? Like that angle underneath there between the left forearm, okay, and the butt of the club feels the same right there as it did at address. And it probably feels the same to him at impact and it feels the same to him right there here's another technique this is you know this is cam cam smith this dude is one of the best greenside pitchers in the game i mean this guy can hit shots in his sleep watch this this is a little bigger shot and you can see right there his left arm is about nine o'clock and that shaft is pointing 10 certainly not pointing at 12 and this is a little bigger shot so again Pretty passive lead wrist, all in all. A little bigger finish, but that concept does kind of remain the same. So I guess my point is, is be careful. Be careful in this discussion in the amount of radial that you put into this. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong. There's times for it. But when I'm teaching this stock greenside pitch, you know, I kind of like what I'm seeing with these guys is Matthew Fitzpatrick and, you know, feeling it right there. And um, it feels the same at impact and it feels the same coming through. And then if you really want to get dialed in, then you find and you educate that number completely. And that's what I did the other day and posted it using my hack motion. So anyway, those are, you know, those are some, those are some videos that I think are helpful that kind of illustrate those wrist angles. Now, I want to get back to the discussion of kind of steepening this attack angle um, and, and getting the leading edge a little bit more on the ground, all of these things, right? You know, I think it's it's really important that when you kind of go through these discussions that you acknowledge that, look, there's there's a lot of value in what, in what someone is saying, right? Like I – Never will just turn it off and say, look, I, that's not for me. Like you, you're going to listen, especially when it's Joe Mayo, right? And especially when you have other top teachers that are doing research and they bring it out. It may not be exactly what you're going to show every single person. It may not be exactly what maybe you believe in as the foundation, but it is something that you're going to listen to and you're going to probably incorporate in some way. This particular technique of steepening the attack angle and moving your head towards the target as you go back with the weight forward and all those things getting the leading edge on the ground is is a shot that has been around forever 
is a shot and a technique that has a lot of value, a shot that you see down in the South in Texas. It was fun to have Pearson and Parker Cootie on and, and, you know, growing up on those firm fairways and the wind and the green complexes, like that's a shot you see a lot from those guys down there. Jordan Spieth, Scotty Scheffler are magicians. But it doesn't mean that it's the shot that it needs to be learned perhaps and is best for, let's say, an amateur player. One of the things that I try to do is I've always tried, and I go back to my days on Golf Channel, and it stays true today with the Stripe Show podcast. I really try to articulate and stay with the amateur audience as much as I can, Okay, the amateur player. It doesn't mean that you can't go take that, te- that technique if you're a 15 handicap and apply it to you and have some value with it. It doesn't mean that. But where I would rest on this particular topic is I go back to, you know, one of the things that I oftentimes say to people, amateur players, single digits, mid handicap, new player in short game is look, I want to create an environment here in hitting short game shots where the club head can hit down and we can control the point of entry. The club head can hit down, but it won't dig. And if it digs, it's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be something that we're going to tell it to dig, or it's going to be few and far in between. Like we're going to try to create an environment, a technique where the club head can hit down and control that point of entry, but also it won't dig and it will get out of the ground. And I go back to my, and I had, and I had this conversation with a very, very good teacher and a very good player. I go back to my younger days thinking about leaning the shaft excessively forward, kind of standing off to the side with, with some side bend to the right. And, and I go back to hitting these shots and I, and I, you know, I was a, a pretty decent player and I could, you know, hit the low and the medium and, and, and the high. I wasn't, I wasn't as good and as confident with probably the upper medium to the high. I was better at, you know, kind of keeping it down low and and bump and run, those kinds of things. But I go back to my thought of, okay, I would lay the sod over it probably once every, I don't know, 12 to 15 shots. Sometimes it felt like it was every other shot. (laughs) A leading edge would get caught. And sometimes, you know, it wouldn't take much, right? You know, growing up, it was wet um, in the Northwest and, and you know, you got the, you, you would get the uh, bent grass, right? And sometimes playing in the tighter bent grass and a little bit of the mud. And, all. and so, like, you had to use the leaning edge some, but I can remember, like, using it too much. And, and I would lay the sod over it. And it would just stick in my mind, like, okay, when's it going to show up? When's it going to show up that I'm going to lay the sod over it? And I'm telling you, I would put the weight left. I mean, I go more left, more left, more left. And I'd be, and I'd be like offsides. I mean, I'd be out in front. And yeah, I mean, it's steeper. You know, it was steeper and I could hit it. And I, but that leading edge, and it's probably because of my lack of skill, and I'm not Victor Hoblin, and I'm not Jordan Spieth, and I'm not Scotty Scheffler, and not many are. Man, that leading edge would peel it, and it'd be like just little, just you know, nicks across my 
arm. When's it going to show up? And then, you know, you'd kind of anticipate it. And then, you know, you know, you start trying to goose it a little bit. And then you'd blade it and go across the green. And now where are you? And so I go, I, I, you know, I think back to that journey, right? I think back to that journey. I think back to all of the amateurs that I've worked with. I think back to some of the professionals that I've worked with. Um, and I, and I still believe that that concept of creating an environment, a technique that you can control the point of entry and it won't dig applies to so many. And I'm talking the masses of amateur golfers that are out there. And yes, giving yourself a little relief, giving yourself a small, a, a little window that you don't have to be so perfect. Okay, I did hit behind that just a bit, but it did go up in the air and it's on the green. Now, that'd not be great. No, you don't want that for Victor Hovland, no. 20 handicap that's used to laying the sod over it. You know, I, you know, so these are the conversations that, that, that I've had and experiences that I've had. And so as I really think through the short game and understand the different techniques and style, I still kind of just for the masses and my audience here today and the amateur golfer creating an, env an environment where you can hit down, control that point of entry until so the club head won't dig. You can go with it. You don't fear the leading edge laying the sod over. You don't feel like you have to goose it. You can let the club head do the work. So you can utilize the bounce a little bit. So that's something that I feel like, you know, look, that's part of um, so much of what we talked about here in the Stripe Show podcast. I go back to a lot of the conversations I had with Todd Sones when I worked with Todd. Todd's a wonderful short game teacher. Great guy. I've learned so much from him. And he was he was one this was probably <clears throat> let's see this was probably 17 years ago down at the World Golf Village the very first PGA Tour Academy Todd would always talk about a concept of standing to the handle and you would you would take the handle and you would position it wherever you wanted it so you'd set the club face first then the shaft and then you would stand to it and stand to the handle means basically you're positioning your body to the handle. The butt of the club is pointing just barely, just kind of left of your belt buckle. And then from there, you would, you know, get your sternum where you wanted it and off you go. And so in a green side chip, and this, this is, these are all concepts and things that I talk about in my training program too, by the way, Stroke Stand Short Game, which is on my website, travisfoldengolf.com. It's a series of shots and, and I, and I, and I do a video about standing to the handle <clears throat> and, Learning to set the face first, then the shaft, stand to it, grip it, and then off you go. And in a greenside chip, a bump and run, you would stand the handle upright a little bit. You would lean it slightly forward, then stand to it. And then you would grip it, get your sternum where you want it, and off you go. So it's, it's Todd would always say, up four, over four. Up four degrees, over four degrees, stand to the handle. And it's a pretty conservative amount of shaft length. It's forward, right? You got to have some forward shaft. I mean, I'm not saying you don't have it. Like it's it's forward, but then you stand to it, and then you get yourself kind of your shoulders very level. One of the things that I like to do, 
in controlling the point of entry. And this was another video that I shot. And I actually put it in my store. I should post it. But if you were to put your arms out, and I'm just kind of, I got my arms extended out in front of me right now, or <clears throat> to my side, fully extended out to my side. And so my shoulders right now are level. Now I can tilt my spine to the right and my left shoulder goes up. I can tilt my spine to the left and my left and my right shoulder goes up or my right arm. <clears throat> so in the full, <clears throat> sorry, I know what's going on here. Sheesh. Maybe I'm getting a runny nose right now and in the throat. In the full swing, we have a little side bend to the right. Like we tilt a little bit, left shoulder's higher. Okay. In short game, we, we kind of want to start getting rid of that some. And so what I like to do is have a player level their shoulders out. You know, they stand in the handle. They get their shoulders feel like it's pretty level. I mean, the left shoulder is probably always going to be a little higher, but they feel like their shoulders are more level. And when they do that and they put their weight slightly left, that sternum, that top button on your shirt gets, you know, over the ball or a little in front of the ball. You could take it a step further and say, all right, your shoulders are level and slightly open. So shoulders are level and slightly open. And when you do that with the weight slightly left, again, sternum out in front. More conservative shaft lean. Shoulders level, slightly open, and the weight slightly left. Really good environment, point of entry, doesn't dick. Okay? That's the chipping technique that I talk about in strokes gained. Short game. So you take that to a greenside pitch. Now the grip's more in your finger. It's not going to be upright. Although when I had Luke Donald on, he he hits these shots pretty upright. Um, so it's kind of more in your finger. So it's a you got a little angle there as I talked about between the grip in and the in the bottom of the left wrist. And I talk about this in the greenside pitch, stock greenside pitch, and how to just kind of feel like you maintain that angle turning back and turning through. Very wide approach. Again, shoulders more level, slightly open with the weight left. And so all of these things um, just kind of build on each other, right? Now, I didn't go shaft excessively forward. I didn't go weight excessively forward. I didn't lean the head left in the backswing. These are just greenside pitch shots. You can control the point of entry, control the club head coming out of the ground. Now, can you get steeper on that shot? Sure. Right? And that's kind of, you build on it. And, that, and that's another shot that you build off of. Um, but again, I think that's, that you got to get into building some skill before that. And then you can start adding some of those components and, 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 and start getting a little steeper on it, et cetera, et cetera. No question about it. Love it. But I would say probably that stock greenside shot that I'm talking about and the technique that I just played here with Max Homa and Fitzpatrick and Zalatoris and all those things probably go a little bit more in line with this, which is getting the leading edge off the ground a little bit more, still controlling the point of entry, still getting plenty of spin, still getting that launch in the 30-degree number, um, all of those things. So, look, it's... It's uh, it's interesting, right? And you know, I just I, I I find myself talking to my audience in a way that, that I go back to the experiences that I've had that really seem to resonate 
with the masses of golfers in the skill sets that they need to learn at that point in time. And then being able to then build off of those with a deeper discussion and more skilled types of shots that I think you see with Victor Hovland. And, and like you see with um, what I think is a more skilled technique that Joe puts out there um, with the steeper attack angle and moving the low point and getting the leading edge on the ground and all those things. Not wrong. It's great. It's good stuff. I love it. I just am careful in speaking to the masses with it. That's all. And knowing that their hands are not as educated. They're not controlling um, their body movements. Their spatial awareness is not as good. They don't have the same experiences that Victor Hovland has had to that point. Because make no mistake, look, Victor Hovland, since going to that, he has gained full control of his ball. Full control. I mean, it, it's it's been unbelievable what it's done for him um, by going through that. The sequence, I think, in him going left and the weight and all that, um, boy, it's just made all the difference in the world. All right, enough on that. Strokes and short game. Go check it out. Some good videos in there. And uh, check out the video I did on this. This, this uh, stock shot that I talk about, and what you're seeing here with Zalatoris and Cam and all that and educating that left hand. Look, that's got a ton of value now. That's got a ton of value. Standing to the handle, got a ton of value. Shoulders level and slightly open. Weight slightly left. It's got a ton of value. All these things um, that I've kind of laid out in a very process-oriented way, starting with the green side chip, then into the stock green side pitch, and then into, you know, a little – um, you know, a little steeper pitch and some of those components that we talked about into like a toss shot, which is like 30, 40, 50 yard shot to a approach wedge, lob, bunkers, a lot of good stuff in there. There really is. And, and, it, and it's really geared, it's really geared towards the amateur player. Thank you for being here. Light winter ahead. I can feel it. Light winter ahead. True spec. They're moving in. Next level here, Travis Holton Golf Studio. Thank you for being here on the Stripe Show podcast. Thank you, Star Credit Union. You do great work. Zellner Foundation, I'll see you tomorrow out south at Southampton. I'll talk to the rest of you next week. Got some cool guests coming uh, in November before Thanksgiving. See you.